0: Okay, go Gaka. So the first question again was uh, Could Lompo kindly offer some advice on how to cultivate upekka, or equanimity, both in formal meditation practice as well as in daily life? Uh, thank you very much for your kindness and wisdom, Lompo. Um, so, in training the mind, so the answer is uh, in training the mind. Uh, Like I've explained, um, we have collectedness, we have uh, caution to not allow the mind to become attracted or averse to any of the sense impressions that it experiences. And uh, this we can see as being one form of upekka citta, the mind that is equanimous. It's one type of that, um, that which leads to internal peace. And so when we know the breath um, and watch the breath, this is for the sake of inner peace. Or we can think and recollect death, see all things as being empty, and both of these are for the sake of inner peace. And when the mind is in a peaceful state, then it's also in an equanimous state. So this is the equanimity, the upekka, which arises from samadhi. Uh, but the second form of equanimity is that which comes from wisdom. This knowing in time, being up to speed with all of these sense impressions that we experience so that the mind doesn't go off into liking or disliking towards them, that the mind stays in a centered place. And so when we train the mind uh, to not be involved in liking or disliking, then it is naturally in this place of equipoise and it has energy to it. Uh, The mind doesn't suffer in this space and we see the dhamma here. And so in our daily lives, we normally experience many, many sense impressions. And so we need to contemplate these constantly uh, so that... Uh, the mind doesn't suffer due to them. And uh, we ask ourselves, well, what is it that is coming into contact with our mind? And what is it uh, that we experience in this world? That it's normal having been born into this world and that we get things like gain. Uh, but at the same time, we also lose the things that we gain. And uh, we can see this very clearly nowadays that there are many people um, who were once wealthy, uh, but they've lost everything. And uh, many businesses have gone bankrupt. So it's the same with status, that we meet with loss of status as well. Um, And that's just normal, having been born into this world. Also with praise, we get criticism. Criticism. And uh, likewise, having been born into this world, we experience both pleasure and displeasure. And if our minds don't have any wisdom, then they won't be able to experience peace around these things. That whenever we experience anything, uh, the mind will be all stirred up by that. So we need to contemplate and do this always, um, in terms and in line with the Dhamma. So, this practice of developing uh, sati, we use that mindfulness to teach our minds so that our minds gain understanding. And it's not the case that we just do nothing. Uh, For example, living at home, uh, we may have a child that just isn't interested in studying. Uh, But if we're equanimous around that, um, we just let it go then that shows we don't have any wisdom to our equanimity. So we need to bring up a heart of kindness and compassion and teach our child. Uh, tell them to be cautious. Um, tell them to use things well. And use things in a way that they won't break them. And uh, not just spend their time doing frivolous things, um, playing all the time. Uh, Because if we just let go, if we're equanimous like that, then our children will meet with a lot of loss. So we do need to instruct them. And uh, it's the same if we are at work and we have people under us, uh, then we need to get good results from our work. So we don't just let our employees do whatever they want. Because if this happens, then um, the business will go bankrupt. So we need to have success in our work as well. But when problems arise and we're just not able to fix them, then that's when we bring up equanimity. And uh, it's no matter how important anything may be, uh, the most important thing is letting go. But we need to ensure that that letting go happens with wisdom that when we see that we just can't fix a situation, we can't make it better, we can't solve it, um, then we bring up uh, this quality of equanimity, we let go. So therefore we need to train our minds well, uh, like this, to do this consistently. So you should put your efforts into that. So the second question is, uh, can uh, Christians... Do Buddhist meditation. So Lampo answered that uh, we need to understand that training in samadhi, uh, this is something that went on before the Buddha was around, before the Lord Buddha attained to awakening. Uh, There were many hermits, many rishis who trained themselves in samadhi and they got very deep absorptions, uh, both the absorptions of form and also the formless absorptions as well. Uh, But the wisdom to gain knowledge that was up to speed with the things that were going on, um, they didn't have that. So there were many of uh, these Brahmins who had uh, trained in samadhi for a long time. And then when the Buddha Uh, was born and went out to practice, then he trained in samadhi in the same way, uh, the way that uh, was being taught at the time in India. And he practiced until he gained very, very deep samadhi. Um, But the wisdom to see the cause of suffering and uh, to see the path that leads out of that um that is something that uh the fully that uh, the Buddha awakened to. Uh, but in whatever religion we uh practice in, whatever religion anyone is, um then mindfulness is something that's very important, it's something that we all have during our lives. And uh we can train our minds um, in samadhi as well, knowing the breath as it comes and goes. And there's no need to recite the word Buddha. that if people have attachments to conventions, then they may have problems uh, with this word Buddha. So you can just watch the breath and have mindfulness over it coming and going uh, to keep the awareness there. And then when the mind is in a peaceful space, then we contemplate to see all things as being empty. And here we see the the truth of the Dhamma. And that really there isn't any religion. Um, that religions, such as the Buddhist religion, these are just conventions that we come up with. And so it's... Sorry, the, um, whatever methods that we use um, to see into physicality and mentality, uh, to see these as being inconstant, stressful, as not-self, uh, then we use that. And really this inconstancy, the stress, this not-self, it's something that's natural, it's something that's here already. And when we see into that, then we see into the Dhamma. So whatever religion we are, Um, then it's possible to see the Dhamma in this way. And when we see the Dhamma, then no matter which religion we are, we don't have suffering. Um, And this is because we followed the path that leads uh, to the ending of suffering. And so whatever religion we are, then we train ourselves in mindfulness. And we can all watch the breath, know it as it comes and goes. We can all keep our mindfulness in this way. And there's one time that Venerable Ajahn Chah, he taught uh, some Christians who went to go and see him. And what he said is that the Dhamma is the same, and that suffering is the same, that the cause of suffering is the same, um, the cessation of suffering is the same, the path of practice um, of sila, samadhi and panya, of virtue, of this collectedness and of wisdom, it's the same, it's not different uh, between these religions. So there's no need to discriminate or separate things out in this way. We just have mindfulness here, knowing the breath as it comes in and as it leaves. And we use this mindfulness uh, to take care of our minds. Um, So just practice in this way. So the third question is uh, what is Lampow's view regarding aspirations for future rebirths, uh, for example, to be reborn as a monastic? Would you would this be considered grasping or clinging? And uh, thank you for your guidance. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So his response was that uh, we need to. Um, understand that that if we make this aspiration, uh, that getting born into our next life, uh, the next world, uh, that we have this firm intention to ordain, that this is a very good aspiration and it's not something that we need uh, to worry about. Um, But... We, But that intention there is good. And um, even though there may be attachment there, it's really attachment in something that's good, in goodness, in skillfulness. And so it's then inappropriate actually to call that attachment. And rather we should refer to it as sata, as faith instead. Uh, because attachment is the cause for suffering to arise. Uh, But faith leads us out of suffering. Uh, So when we have the aspiration um, in this life to train our minds well, uh, to really be focused, intent on this path of practice, uh, then this is a means for cultivating our Bharami, our spiritual virtues. It's uh, the path that we use uh, to raise and uh, bring up goodness this path of generosity, of virtue, of meditation. And um, so when we have the aspiration that if we do happen to stay in the cycle of samsara of birth and death, past this life, uh, then we wish to be born um, as someone who has faith in Buddhism and to ordain. And to do that in every life until we realize Nibbāna, then this is something that's very, very good. Uh, So I give my anumodana. I rejoice in your good aspiration. And I give my sadhu to this as well. This is something that's very good. So the next question is, uh, Dear Tanajan, When I was a Dharma school teacher for many years, over 20 years, uh, teaching Dharma was easy. I did my reading and research and I was ready to share and teach this in class. But when I started meditating, I found out that it was extremely difficult to even share the practice with my wife and family. Uh, So, can Tanajan offer some tips and guidance? So he responded that uh, we need to understand that um, when we study and when we read something and gain knowledge in this way, um, then it's not so tough for us to just to explain that um, to tell others following what we've read, following what we've studied and come to know. Uh, but the practice is something diff- different. And it's more difficult to explain it. Uh, because that knowledge it needs to arise within our own minds. So just like how we can read about greed, hatred and delusion. Or we can read about the absence of greed, hatred and delusion. But when these defilements actually arise within our hearts. It's another story entirely. Uh, so in the beginning we take up this practice of Uh, training ourselves, training ourselves to be good and to develop goodness. So if we're someone who has a lot of anger, uh, then as we practice, this should cool down. If we're someone who has a lot of greed, then we work with that and lessen that greed. If we're someone who has a lot of attachment, a lot of delusion, then as we practice, uh, these things should lessen. And um, as we carry on with this practice, um, then our wife, for instance, uh, may follow what we're doing. Uh, but our child, um, this is someone who needs to, to study and then to go out and work. And so the Dhamma that we should teach them uh, while they're still young is to really be sincere in their studies. To gain this kind of wisdom, uh, that which allows our work to meet with success. And uh, so train, or teach them um, to develop this wisdom in their minds, uh, to, for them to not go down the paths of deprivation. And um, teach in this way, um, teach how to live as a family well together. And uh, how to live this life well. And then, oh, sorry, for this, to teach about this training or this practice uh, to bring the mind to peace and to stillness, um, this may have to wait for now, um, but rather to teach the, the basics um, of the Buddha's teachings. So that's the questions Um, over for now and then we'll chant the paritas next.